0: No surprises. No. You know what? What happens if I got a hole in my sock and I'm taking them off in front of the whole church? Welcome to the Pints and Pews Podcast. I'm
1: your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the
0: Catholic faith over a pint of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing today? Good, Robert. Good. Beautiful day out there. Thanks I'm just be to at God. Whatever happened to a pint or two of our favorite beer? Because if, if I think of the alcohol content in the beer I'm having today, it's really like having two pints, so... We should probably you, keep that in next time, maybe. Yeah, and well, maybe I thought to take it out
1: because generally we only ever have just the one pint I know. we're
0: recording these. We should, get, we should up that as we're getting older. We should probably up that, especially on weekends, you know, yeah, as we're recording today on a Saturday, you know, weekdays, one, but we can allow ourselves to, and we're not having a dunkle because it's not a dunkle kind of day. It's a beautiful day out there. The sun is shining. It's finally getting into the double digits, Celsius, that is.
1: Do you think we'll actually sound better if we have two pints?
0: I think we'll sound a lot more fluid. Fluid is one way to put it. Fluid is (laughs) one. No pun intended. Exactly. Well, you do all the editing, so whatever happens, happens, and then you just fix it along the way. You know how long it takes me to fix your end of these podcasts there, pal? You know how much I pay you to do that? Nothing. Nothing. Simple. It's a labor of love, Robert. Think about it as a labor of love. It's it's all for the kingdom, my friend. When are all, we going to get a beer sponsor so we can at least not have to purchase our own beverages?
1: I mean, there's that part of it, but you know what? I kind of like going freelance because yes. then we are not tied to one particular beer episode in and episode out. Uh, 100%. And and kind of along that lines, every year, the squires at our parish, so you know, the Knights of Columbus, and right. then there's the boys' group, the squires, they do a bottle drive. Mm-hmm. So I save all of my tins for the squires, and I take them over in one or two giant clear plastic bags for them to take over to return for the refund. And after I did that last summer for them, uh, the gentleman who runs the squire's pulled me aside one day after mass and he said you know thank you he said thank you very much for your donation he said i didn't realize there were that many different kind of beers out there he said it was so eclectic in
0: that bag well, of empties i thought he you were going to say Thank you for your donation. I was able to put a down payment on a cottage. Thanks. to I was Pretty close show. to that.
1: Pretty close
0: to that. No, I know you. Well, think about it, though. We do have quite an eclectic, you know, balance of beers going every week and on the show. So over the course of a year, for sure. You've already alluded to the fact that in your one beer, you're kind of
1: having two. So what are you drinking here today? I think
0: this is probably the strongest beer I've had maybe since Belgium. I probably had one similar to this in Belgium, but I don't ever remember having a can at home with 9.5%. I have the Brock Street, you know, we've had the Brock Street, but they have a special triple threat Belgium Tripal. And you could probably explain that better than I. It's like a monastic beer and it's a strong beer and it's expensive beer robert you know our beers usually cost two three dollars this one is up over six dollars so needless to say i didn't buy six or twelve
1: yeah i know we've spoken about the the vocabulary of that the the Mm -hmm. double or the triple right the double or the triple and it has nothing to do with the number of times it's fermented as i originally had thought it's actually Mm -hmm. to do with that they've tripled the recipe and that's probably why it clocks in at nine and change
0: okay as well so and you, sir? What do you have, have today?
1: I have, from the Clear Lake Brewing Company, their Session Ale uh, out of Muskoka, so just north of us, up nice. in Cottage Country. Nice. Uh, comes in at 4.8, so I'd like to say it's a light beer. I think compared that's, to yours, it's a light beer. I could have two of these, and I still wouldn't match the yeah, alcohol content of, that's of yours. That's pretty
0: regular strength now. Clear Lake, that's kind of an oxymoron today, but anyhow. Oh, there are still some There are still some Clear Lakes up north in Cottage Country, though, right? See, not, not, not the like that Ontario. I live beside,
1: no. but... Uh, so what why don't we open up here and we'll pour. Absolutely.
0: Oh, mine's much lighter than I thought. I you thought know what? The, the, the triples, one. you
1: think, would be a dark beer, uh-huh, but no, uh-huh. they're
0: they actually more of a, they're not a crisp golden color. This is pretty crisp golden, Robert. Yeah. This is about as golden as you can get, actually. As golden so. as my, actually, yeah, yours is we're even looking, lighter yeah. in color than mine. Yeah, it yeah, are looking very is, similar uh, there very good okay before we drink
1: yeah so before we drink we need to say our prayers here sir
0: and i think i did it last week with an excellent guest that you brought on brett thoman who talked a lot about podger pure what a fantastic and you're going to get me that book so that's great and so a, a lot of pray. great feedback on that episode too excellent so, excellent
1: in the name of the father and of the father, son and of the son, holy, holy spirit, spirit. Amen. amen bless O oh lord this creature beer which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race and grant through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace in soul through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name in the of the, the father of the and of the son, son and the, holy and of the Holy spirit. spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Cheers, buddy. Cheers Robert.
1: No, oh, that is a nice, crisp, clean ale.
0: Very nice. Mm. That's really nice too, Bob. Wow. I'm going to enjoy that today. Are yeah, you gonna that's still, are, really. Are you going to
1: still be awake by the time we're done? Well, this here? is
0: it. That's really smooth, Robert. So you wouldn't want to sit down and have three of those because it would be like having a six pack. So one has to be careful. That'll be the only one today. I think I have to. I have to make dinner right after this. So, walk the dog and make dinner. Not at the same time. Not at the same time.
1: Lent is just about over. We're heading into Holy Week. This is the first time we've gone three weeks and three episodes. We don't normally record at this pace, but we wanted to get out an episode here just for the end of Lent. Uh, Our Lenten episodes have been some of our, our most popular. But Lent is just about over, which means our 50th episode hat giveaway is just about over as well. So I encourage all of our listeners to stop by our Facebook page, look up the hat giveaway picture that's there and uh, let us know what is your favorite episode. And on Easter Monday, we'll go through all those names and we'll randomly select a winner. That's fantastic. Pints and pews ball cap.
0: That's great. Cause my uh, brother Pat was listening to that, who got us the hats last time. And he said, you know what, for your 50th episode, I think I'm going to donate a few more hats. So once you get this out of the way, Robert, and donate this and this prize gets picked up, we'll uh, maybe do another contest down the road. Think of something else.
1: I was going to say, I really I think he was using one of my favorite words. I really like that word he used,
0: donate. Donate, yes. I was very <laughs> yeah. happy about that for sure. So that's great.
1: So with Lent coming to an end, sir, I wanted to ask you quickly. I mean, we've already talked about how our Lents have been going, and I right. think it's been going fairly well as well as Lent can go. But now it's the $50 million question. When does the Lenten fast end?
0: You know what? I was listening to the, um, the drinking, drinking with, with the, the Saints, Saints. They were talking And I about didn't realize this. that, Robert, but that back in the day, and you could probably speak to this, that it ended, at one time, it was on Holy Saturday at noon. That's I would have just assumed it ended, the fast ends on well i mean you could it could end on holy thursday obviously you're not supposed to eat or drink much on good friday so then it continues but i would say it doesn't it doesn't end on the sunday does it not it ends before that see i had to look look it up as mm-hmm. well
1: there is nothing in canon law that i could find um, right. i i That's did a five, i did a 5 minute google search so it wasn't like i was in a musty library going right. through um you know, Lent does end on Holy Thursday. Holy Thursday. Lent ends with the the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yourself, I had heard on Drinking with the Saints that the fast would end traditionally at noon on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But any of the sources I could find s- said that, you know, our Lenten fast is leading us towards celebrating the resurrection. So really your fast should not end until you have celebrated our Lord's resurrection, so that could be after the Easter Vigil right. on Saturday evening, and if you're not going to the Easter Vigil, Sunday then morning. it would be Sunday morning. Okay, fair enough. And hence, going to the six a.m. mass on Easter Sunday morning, so you, <laughs> so I can get that Portuguese custard tart, you know, for for breakfast later.
0: Which is a great segue into the triduum, and the first question of the day is, Robert, how do you spell, without looking at your notes, how do you spell triduum? Everybody see, mixes this up.
1: Can you use that in a sentence, please?
0: <laughs> Isn't that the spelling bee rule? That's rules? the script spelling bee. <laughs> the etymology of that word, please.
1: <laughs> it's T- a Latin
0: origin. Yeah.
1: Oh, see, I thought it was of Germanic origin. Oh, I would no, but... no. It's it's Latin, yeah, hundred percent Latin. So, triduum.
0: Excellent, good. A lot of people put an I in there for some reason, but you're absolutely right, and that's what we're going to talk about briefly, are we not? The triduum, which I don't think I've been to a triduum. You know, I don't even know if I've been to because triduum is the holy. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Holy Thursday Mass, celebration of the Eucharist, the Good Friday Passion, and the Easter Vigil. Not Easter Sunday Mass, correct? Correct. So correct. I've been to all of those on separate occasions, but I don't think I've been to the Triduum in one go. I don't think I have. It's been a number of years since
1: I have. Mm-hmm. And the the main reason being is usually we travel over the Easter weekend. Right. And traditionally with my wife's family, we would go
0: to Easter Sunday Mass. Sunday, yeah. And I really enjoy the Easter Sunday Mass. And I remember, I don't know if they still do it in the parish bulletin, but they, uh, when we were, you know, when the kids were younger, I'm sure you can remember this, they put a little note in the bulletin uh, for the Easter Vigil please with young children if you would not bring the children to the Easter Vigil Mass.
1: I don't think I would ever read it. And if I was writing the, the bulletin, and, and most pastors are pretty good at this, they wouldn't say, yeah. don't bring the children. Right. It's more along the lines of, the Easter Vigil Mass will run from two to two and a half hours. Please take this into consideration mm-hmm. if you have young children.
0: Young children, right. Yeah. Right. I guess uh, I read it. Don't bring the children. I mean, uh, Good Friday Passion is can go an hour and a half in most cases.
1: Yeah, it depends on the size of the parish. It yeah. depends on the pastor. And we'll get into a, a little bit of that here. Now, as we do kind of a, a triduum refresher, mm-hmm. when I first came to you with the idea to do this episode, you know, I had the idea, let's call it triduum for dummies. But I'm thinking, number one, I don't want to uh, you know, alienate all of our listeners, right. number one, by calling them dummies. Uh, and number two, when you think about it, anyone that's listening to this podcast already, I think, has a fairly good grasp of the Catholic faith. So they aren't dummies. However, mm-hmm. with the triduum, and this includes myself. It only comes once a year. Mm-hmm. And like anything that comes once a year, I forget half the stuff. Or, you know, it's not at the forefront of my mind as I'm walking into the church as to what to expect. And then once we get going, it's okay. But it would be nice just to have mm-hmm. that refresher, uh, a reminder of of what to expect as we walk into the Triduum. Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and the Holy Saturday. Vigil. Vigil, yeah. And you just said that you really enjoy the Easter Sunday Mass, and yes, Easter Sunday Mass is beautiful. I have to say, my my preferred liturgy of the whole liturgical calendar is the Holy Saturday Vigil, but again, Mm -hmm. it's just been so very long since we've been to one, just because of family tradition, or when we were staying close to home at Easter, Michael was younger, so again, to have him come for the the two, two and a half hour
0: yeah. service was going to be a little bit much. I I like the Good Friday Passion. I find it very solemn. It's quiet. There's not a, you know, and, and everything is, you know, covered, of course, Robert. I, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy it much more now that we have three services on the Good Friday. I found with one service on the Good Friday to be very crowded. One had to get there 20, 25 minutes, standing room only type thing. So, I like it with a couple of services. It allows everybody to kind of get a seat and, you know, um, not be so crowded. These are good vigil? on your pastor for doing that. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh,
1: again, well, you just have to take into consideration, you know, the size of the parish, like you said. The parish, right. yeah. And the fact
0: that we have two priests makes it a little bit easier to do that than if you just have the one. But the Easter Vigil, I would imagine, is this crowded, is, is this packed, is it standing room only? Because when we go on Easter Sunday, there's, you know, it's crowded, but it's not like a you know, a midnight yeah. mass or anything like that.
1: Again, I think it depends on the parish. It depends on I don't want to say how the pastor sells the Easter Vigil, mm-hmm. but it depends on the the character or the personality of the parish in a lot of ways. I don't think the Easter Vigil is ever standing room only.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because there's still a lot of people from the Sunday Mass that, yes, come to the Easter Vigil. Right. There's a lot of people that usually go to the Saturday evening Mass that would prefer to go to Mass on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you do have at the Easter Vigil are the regular Catholics. Mm-hmm. Right? Anyone who's an Easter Christmas Catholic are going to be going to a Sunday morning Mass. And that's why... I, uh, my experience of going to Easter morning Mass is you got to be there three hours early, and even then you're in the church hall watching it on closed-circuit television.
0: I, you know, I don't find that as much anymore. With I, I found that at Christmas Day Masses, Robert, but I don't find that as much. That we have an extra Mass on the Easter Sunday, and I don't find that as much. You know, we say the old C&E Catholics, Christmas and Easter, but... I didn't find that as much in the last maybe 5 to 10 years. I think you could go 10 to 15 minutes before and still get seats at our church. But the Easter Vigil, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get a lot of people there. You're going to get RCI candidates and their families, so that might increase Mm -hmm. the numbers a little bit, correct? Right. But I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think people are coming. If they're only going Christmas and Easter, they're not going for a two-and-a-half-hour Mass on the Christmas on the, the Easter vigil, for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think in some ways their perspectives are a little bit skewed with coming right. out of the last few years of the COVID. Yes. And anyone who was a Christmas-Easter Catholic, uh, in many ways, aren't even coming back to that mm-hmm.
0: anymore. Good point. But, but I, I do like getting back to the Holy Thursday. I mean... The stuff that you've given in just the show notes here, the notes, I mean, it does, I can't remember the last time, always Good Friday and Easter Sunday, but the washing of the feet, and I like the way that you mentioned too, or mentioned the process out of the church in silence, uh, removing the Eucharist from the church proper, correct? Correct. And so
1: there's a few things that are slightly different with Mass on Holy Thursday. You get basically 99%... Of the mass that you would see mm-hmm. regularly, you know, every Sunday, um, it is the feast of the Lord's Supper. One thing I've seen done in the past with the Eucharist on Holy Thursday to make it seem more authentic, and this goes back maybe more to my childhood in the late '70s, early '80s, in you know, everyone was trying to figure out the whole spirit of Vatican II kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I remember our pastor at the time to make the feast of the Lord's Supper more authentic, he used pita bread the Eucharist instead of the usual communion wafers. If it's unleavened wheat bread, my understanding is it would be licit. Interesting. Uh, but again, I don't know canonically exactly how licit it would be. Uh, that's really for the the canon lawyers to to go through and split hairs on. Uh, <laughs> not that
0: you have money to split there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what? I was always worried that on, on the Holy Thursday, I was going to get called up for the washing of the feet. That That's why there was a hesitancy to go, but they always pick out. Usually it's been 12, like the 12 apostles, but I was reading just like sometimes they do the whole congregation, which seems like they maybe never yeah, take and, a long time.
1: And that's one thing I, I've always kind of thought about, you know, which is better that you ask for volunteers to come forward mm-hmm. Or do you tap certain members of the congregation on the shoulder to come forward? And I think each has its pros and cons.
0: Yeah. I tap what you... members of the congregation beforehand to beforehand. say Beforehand. That. Yeah. yeah okay, beforehand. Okay, okay, yeah. 100%. Right. You... Yeah, I like that. No surprises. No. You know what? What happens if I got a hole in my sock and I'm taking them off in front of the whole church? Come on. Well,
1: I was going to talk about that in a second anyways, but I was just going to say that, you know, if you just leave it to mass time and you say, okay, anyone who wants to have their feet washed, come forward. Mm-hmm. I think you're gonna hear crickets a lot of the times so or people are gonna be very right. hesitant to come right. forward. Right. Right. In many ways, out of a false, a, a false sense of humility. Mm-hmm. That, oh, I I don't want father washing my feet. But when you think about it, it takes more humility to allow someone to serve you in that way.
0: Interesting. And I think you hit upon the key aspects here, Robert, humility and service. And that's what the washing of the feet is all about, right?
1: Yeah. And just recently having watched the mother Teresa, no greater love movie. Mm -hmm. uh, And they were talking about some of the work of the the missionaries of charity that they're doing now. And they were at uh, a homeless drop-in center out in Portland, Oregon. And, one of the services that they offered to the homeless people was foot care, and they would bathe the feet of the
0: homeless people,
1: mm-hmm. right? And you just think, like, what great service that's is, beautiful. That? is that? And that's so
0: t- important, especially if we look at, you know, in, in countries and cities like ours and and the homeless and frostbite and shoes and dampness. And I mean, percent, their feet need care
1: for sure. For sure, for sure. Now, if you if you are one of the ones that was tapped on the shoulder to uh, represent the twelve apostles and have your Mm -hmm. feet washed at the holy holy Thursday mass, and you know just a couple things to think about, like you said, and you know making sure you don't have holes in your socks. Mm
0: One hundred percent.
1: I would say don't wear new socks either, because. It always takes two or three washings to get all the lint out of your socks. And the last thing you want to do is to pull your sock off in front of everyone. And it is full of all kinds of black sock (laughs) lint between your toes, right? It sounds like someone's speaking from experience here. Having been the person that followed father with the water basin and then had to take the water basin back to the sacristy after he was done washing everybody's feet. Right. Wow please make sure that there's no lint between your toes. It's just, just a request from experience. Please. Yeah, okay, good. Um, maybe getting a, a pedicure, or just, even if you just do a do-it-at-home pedicure to mm. trim those toenails straight.
0: <laughs> and now we're getting a little personal here, Robert.
1: Not that I've seen your feet or anything like no, no. but you might want to get yourself I, a pedicure between yeah, here and next Thursday. Before. I
0: don't, I don't have
1: pretty feet, that's for sure. And, Any other tips? Yeah the one thing too for me and again this is personal experience mm-hmm. is um, you know slip on shoes and i'm not a big fan of slip on shoes my mm-hmm. dress shoes usually are lace ups yeah uh, but when you're walking around the church with you know one shoe on and a sock and shoe in the hand and the laces undone and <laughs> I could just,
0: I could just see you walking into the church with your slip-on shoes, your smoking jacket and your pipe, and you're having to take. It.
1: Um, hey, like we say at the end of every episode there, my friend, you know, the pipe, pipe, the pipe, pipe and the cross can yeah, all
0: fit together. Absolutely. Right? Okay, but before <laughs> we leave Holy Thursday, one last thing, which I think you would really enjoy, Robert, because you're a big proponent of this, is the exit and the silence oh. as you leave. And I think that's so important. So there is no final blessing. Right. And there is a Eucharistic procession that is done. Right. No music here at the end, obviously.
1: No, there's chant, but no music.
0: No hymn, yep. There's chant,
1: but no music, because the tabernacle is left empty. Right. So all of the Eucharist is taken to an altar of repose, whether it's there's a side chapel in the parish, or Mm -hmm. a lot of times it would be in the parish hall, I would imagine I've had that experience as well. And so that's processed out with incense, uh, and then people are invited to a time of silent adoration. You mm-hmm. uh, know, usually the chapel or the hall will be darkened and will be candle lit. It's very, very beautiful.
0: Beautiful, yeah. Uh,
1: and just the the silent prayer. Many parishes will allow for that adoration to
0: go on for a couple hours. Usually to about midnight, yeah, right?
1: I, the standard, I think, is midnight. I've seen as early as 10 a.m., and I've mm-hmm. seen all night. Like wow. almost a, not necessarily a 24-hour, but let's say a 12-hour adoration. Right. And the chant that is sung from the sanctuary to the altar of repose is the tantum Ergon. Right? Which you just heard a few days ago and we're gonna talk about that mm-hmm. the, the shout outs as mm-hmm. well, you know. Tantum ergo sacramentum.
0: And that's, that's as far nice. as we're going because I Yeah, I'm, very nice for I
1: even hit those notes off, but
0: right. No. it's nice. absolutely
1: beautiful. So there's no final blessing because triduum it's three in one. So right. the mass the mass theoretically starts holy Thursday and it doesn't end until the final blessing on, on Holy Saturday.
0: On Easter Vigil, right.
1: So then we get to the Good Friday service. Which,
0: Good Friday, trivia for the only, correct me if I'm wrong, day of the liturgical calendar where there is no Mass, correct? Correct. You caught correct. me mid-sip there. But, uh, mid-sip, yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. Eucharist, there's, there's, there's Eucharist no reception, mass. but there's no Mass,
1: correct. Right, it's uh, called the Good Friday service. As you just said, we do receive the Eucharist, and that's the Eucharist that would have been confected the night before. Right. It's brought in. Uh, at the time when it's time to receive Eucharist, so when we arrive at the church on Good Friday, not only is it silent, but it's barren. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So the altar has been stripped. There's no right. altar clause. There's no nothing. missile. There's nothing on the altar. The sanctuary lamp is extinguished. There's no mm-hmm. candles anywhere. Right. It's nice. And one of my favorite things to do, and I think you know, it would make for a great hidden camera episode mm-hmm. because there's no holy water in the stoop right right which is a word we learned
0: that's great the last that's great episode, you're the using your time.
1: words that you've yet yeah, picked up there's no holy water in the stoop mm-hmm. so just watching everybody come in and just out of habit <laughs> sticking <laughs> their fingers into the stoops to, to, i do it every good in. friday I, every I, good friday i do i that get over. burned every every good friday yeah. as well now tell me if you get burned on the next thing I when do. you go to know, when know you what go what you're to say. the pew. I know
0: what you're going to say, and I and, and the last couple of years, I remember I just walk into the pew and I don't genuflect. Correct. Correct. Because there is nobody to genuflect to. The that's tabernacle is empty. 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 All right.
1: Good. And so that's the the next thing is kind of seeing people come in and genuflect. Now they they aren't as surprised as that as the empty stupa as the empty holy water basin, because. There's mm-hmm. nothing tactile. It's not up close. You don't right, realize right. that unless there's people saying, "You know, don't genuflect, don't genuflect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's just kind of my other thing that I get. I hate to say an inward chuckle, but it's just something I watch for. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. That's why a lot of times I keep my eyes closed because I get
0: sucked into watching that as opposed to praying. And I just, I do like the veneration of the cross in the middle of the, Sometimes I know some churches we've done it in the past. It's at the end when processing out and I don't it just becomes one mad dash up to get to the veneration of the cross and there's it just kind of gets all chaotic, if you will. It doesn't it's well, not we're, very processional.
1: We're not all trying to race for the exits there, my friend, to get know, be and the first one
0: out of the parking lot. Doc, and, and 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 unfortunately, you know, it's funny because we process up for communion one pew after the other. But for some reason, if the veneration of the cross is at the end, people just forget and just, you know, race up from the back and the front. And anyhow, yeah, so hopefully we'll go back to the middle. But I do love the General Inner's intercessions on Good Friday because we pray for a lot of uh, people and um you know, politicians we pray for. We pray for different faith communities. I, I, I enjoy that, Robert. And it's always part of it's chanted as well, correct? And again, the chant
1: is just so beautiful. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm.
0: I absolutely love any time that there's chant
1: into the liturgy. Uh, we always have a bit of a chuckle as a family because a few years ago, it was j- probably the, the year before all the shutdowns. And again, we were at the Good Friday service at my mother-in-law's parish, And at the time, she had a Filipino pastor. Mm -hmm. And so just with his his accent just made it even Mm. more fun. But through the general intercessions on Good Friday, it's like Catholic calisthenics, because you're standing, kneeling, sitting, standing, kneeling, sitting. And for each one, he would say, please stand, please kneel, please stand, please kneel, please sit. Uh, So it was just amusing. Now, I get it on Good Friday. That needs to be done. Because mm-hmm. giving the directions to stand, sit, or kneel are one of my little pet peeves yeah. that I don't good like point. to hear, but point. I absolutely get it. Right. Good Friday. Because you've
0: got not, Yeah.
1: E- well, good Friday, again, because during those intercessions, even for those of us that go to Mass regularly, we don't do the intercessions like that regularly. Yeah, there so, are like 10, right? Right. So having that little bit of help, maybe for the first two or three after that, you can maybe yeah, let it go because people
0: are going to get into the rhythm. you are going to have it. Yep. Yeah, and again, Um, I like it as you leave. Silence, process out. You just leave. There's, you know, no genuflecting. Just walk out of the pew and back to the car, and then
1: and having that silence, especially as you leave, I find so spiritually profound. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that, really. Like this is. I find it a a deep reminder of the sacrifice that our Lord made for us on the cross. Right, yeah. There's just that empty feeling. There's no joyful go-out-and-proclaim song. Um, There's no little bit of banter from Mm -hmm. announcements. You're not shaking hands with Father on the way out. No, nothing. Kids aren't getting their lollipops.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. There but there's an anticipation in the air that there's something better to come as you leave. You know, you're kind of leaving in silence and a bit down. But you know you know in a day or two that there's you're going to come back for joy
1: exactly. And that's what happens on Holy Saturday at the mm-hmm. vigil. I find it's one of the the most joyous, joy-filled liturgies of the
0: year. And it's got that word that I just not familiar, at. I'm just not familiar with that. Robert, I don't. I don't remember. Maybe I've heard it in a different Easter pro- proclamation. Is that is that what it yeah, is? Yeah. So it, again,
1: it's a chant that's done at the beginning, mm-hmm. and it is a chant that kind of runs through all of salvation history. Mm-hmm. So it starts, and it and it starts with the happy fault of Adam, mm-hmm. because as much as Adam and Eve's sin brought death into the world. If they had not sinned, if there had not been original sin, Mm -hmm. Christ wouldn't have had to come. Right. So it's one of those things like, yes, we recognize that it's a fault. Yes, we recognize the evil that came into the world because of Mm -hmm. that. But because of that evil, God was able to bring a greater good in his son. 100%. And so it's a chant right from Genesis all the way through, uh, Covenant history, mm-hmm. Noah, various covenants, a- yeah, Abraham, Moses, and David, mm-hmm. you know, right through to Christ, and and it's done in a darkened church. Yes,
0: so just the, candles, the, right?
1: Just candles. So the mm-hmm. the vigil starts with the holy fire. So the burning of the palms mm-hmm. from last year, and the blessing of the fire, lighting of the Easter candle, putting the the nails putting in, into the Easter candle. Mm-hmm. Right, and I love that that chant. And so the the church is pitch dark, mm-hmm. and there's just the Easter candle, and mm-hmm. it's usually the deacon that will chant. You know, light of Christ, and then everyone chants back, "Thanks be to God." Right, and, and it's just I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now. It's just I'm so enjoying moving. your voice, nice. And then everybody you know is lighting their tapers from mm-hmm. from the Easter candle.
0: Right. I'm surprised that we haven't had to cancel that in, in 2023, that that's a fire risk, and I'm sorry you can't do that anymore. <laughs> Is that coming next? That, that's coming Sorry, you down have the, the flame three feet from the person in front of you? Fire regulations are going to prohibit that? Hey, we're just so blessed that we're
1: back in the church and we don't have to be six feet apart mm. from one another.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I shook hands at the sign of peace there a couple of weeks ago. Someone extended their hand, which is good. Hopefully, we're back to that because I missed here's that. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Yeah. But now, I know there's confirmation candidates and baptismal candidates and all the RCIA. So, and then there's a big party after. Isn't there usually some sort of reception afterwards, Robert?
1: I think that, again, depends on the parish right? if they're going to have that reception. But again, coming back to what we were talking about earlier, that's the end of your Lenten fast because you're celebrating... The Mm. resurrection. And the other beautiful symbolism that goes on is that the whole beginning of the Mass, the liturgy of the Word, is all done in dark. So I've Mm. read at the Easter vigil, and I've had to read with a flashlight up there so that I could see the the lectionary, right? Yeah. Uh, Because it's dark. It's dark.
0: That's nice. And it
1: stays dark until we get to the Gloria.
0: So you get
1: through all the Old Testament readings and Psalms. Right, right, right. And then you get to the story of the resurrection, then the all resurrection of a sudden and the they, lights they throw come out, the lights on, and you sing the Gloria, and the cool. bells come out. Yeah, and it's it's absolutely amazing. It's back to normal. Now, in the, the Holy Saturday Vigil, and this is why it can run so long, there are nine readings
0: and seven Psalms. I saw that, and I said as well that sometimes they're not all read, or they all read, or so or, when you go through it, it shows like every second
1: one is optional. Oh, okay, okay. And I had a pastor one year when I asked, so which of the readings are we doing? Which of the readings are we not doing? Mm -hmm. And the pastor's reply was, I once had a bishop who said, if the church has put the readings there, they've put them there for a reason. You have to read all of them.
0: Good old father. There's no options. Yes. No (laughs) options. If you're coming to the Easter Vigil, you're getting all nine readings. God bless them. So...
1: But in a lot of ways, he's right. Like, they're there mm-hmm. for a reason.
0: They are. They are. Right.
1: Right. So they're just really, if it's there, it should be read. The same through the rest of the year. And I really love my pastor for this right now, in that if there's the choice between a longer version or a shorter version... Mm-hmm.
0: He's always going with the longer version. <laughs> always going. With, yeah, you know what? That's always you know you're you're always in the pew and you're thinking, okay, let's just. But no, there's a lot in those longer versions that are missed out when you you omit the asterisks, as they say, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So then,
1: yeah, after the
0: liturgy of the word
1: and before the liturgy of the Eucharist, you get into all of the the RCIA and
0: bringing yep. these people into the church,
1: which is here. absolutely
0: beautiful. Beautiful. Good for them, um, eh?
1: The creed at Easter is always done as a question and answer. Right. So for those of you who didn't study for the test for Easter and they start asking the questions in the creed, the answer is yes.
0: Yes. All of them. answer is yes. Or Or is it I do? Is it yes or or i do one or the other it kind of means the same i like that i like that it kind of rather than just reading it on normal sundays you actually have to kind of he splits it up and i do yeah yeah as long as you don't hesitate on that
1: first one do you reject satan and all of his works
0: uh 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 it's like the answer is yes (laughs) yes i get back to you (laughs) um and then we have easter sunday my mass, fifty minutes, probably just as short as the regular ones, but uh, that Easter vid- you are making that Easter Vigil sound very attractive, Robert.
1: Yeah, I, I, like I said, the
0: symbolism that's in mm-hmm. it—the
1: uh, absolutely most beautiful symbolic Easter Vigil that I've ever been to mm-hmm. was actually the mass at dawn on Easter morning when I was oh, living yes, in Germany. Yes. Yeah. So we went to the the Easter Vigil started at five in the morning, Easter oh. morning, actually. Mm-hmm. And so, again, everything's pitch black. It's five in the morning. But by the time mass was done and you're leaving, it's a bright,
0: sunshiny Beautiful. day. And right? normally for our listeners, you just be getting home <laughs> on that Saturday. But because it was Easter weekend, you were actually home in bed at a much earlier time,
1: at a half decent hour. Yeah. 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 But
0: you know what? I was thinking with the Easter vigil, you know, you got all these candidates and stuff. And you got to make sure that you preface it and say, not all masses are this long. This is just because we're welcoming you into the fold here but no. Oh for sure yeah now, no yet yeah, right? yeah.
1: well by that point they've been to regular mass yeah, it's they not have. like they're coming into the church easter vigil and that's the very first time they've ever been to mass well like,
0: they've been to half a mass i guess right they usually
1: <laughs> it depends on how yeah, each parish yeah. takes it
0: uh, right. i think technically
1: you're right after the liturgy of the word they are supposed to leave right um, i haven't seen that happen a huge amount of times mm-hmm. but
0: yeah i understand what you're saying on that No, but I get it, and I guess the last point is, Robert, try to get to a couple. Obviously, the Holy Day of Obligation is still the Sunday, but if you can get to a a Good Friday Passion or the uh, Holy uh, Thursday Eucharist, do so.
1: I think if you start Holy Thursday, you should be going to the other two, just because Mm -hmm. you've started and you're not going to walk out halfway.
0: Right, but when you say the other two, do you mean the Easter Easter Vigil or Sunday Easter Mass? When I
1: say, you know, if you're going to the Triduum, Mm-hmm. you go to the whole triduum, holy thursday good friday and the easter vigil mm-hmm. but again i know sometimes timing and family obligations right, uh, right aren't going to work into all of that
0: but no it's all good yeah very good anyhow do you have a saint for us do you have a nice little quote for us today Real i bit? do have a quote for us today
1: but it's not necessarily from a saint Per se, it's actually a quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, from uh, number 605 in the Catechism. And I actually saw this on our friend uh, Keith, the Cordial Catholic's Twitter feed, and I Mm -hmm. thought this is just a perfect lead-in to Holy Week, to Easter weekend, especially to Good Friday. Yes. There is not... Never has been and never will be a single human being for whom Christ did not suffer. Nice. So I'll say I'll say that again. Yeah. There is not, never has been, and never will be a single human being for whom Christ did not suffer, and that just really puts everything into perspective when it comes to Easter.
0: Even a, for even a sinner like me. Anybody. Especially for a sinner and like you. Especially for a sinner. But no, that's really important. Robert. Especially for that, a sinner like myself. And probably I think that's suffered that twice for me people, than for you. Yeah. When people say, Oh, you know what? No, I can't go back. I'm too much sinner. I don't want to go to confession. You know, that I'm um, you know, I don't I don't the priest wouldn't want to hear it. absolutely not. One hundred percent. No, there's never been a single human being for whom Christ has not did not suffer. So everybody is welcome to the fold. And one hundred percent I like that.
1: Cool. and it's really it really resonated with me because through this lent right when I've been contemplating the crucifix so when I go to mass and the crucifix mm-hmm. is on the back wall of the sanctuary mm-hmm. and whether it's contemplating our lord's pierced hands and feet the crowning of thorns his pierced side or the stripes on his back yeah every time i'm contemplating the crucifix my prayer is, may I be found worthy of this sacrifice. Lord, may I be nice. may I be worth it. Please, Lord, let me be worth it. Let me be worthy of your sacrifice. And so again, this this quote... Nice. Of, you should write a book on that. I'm working on it. Working on it. <laughs> I have given <laughs> uh, the retreat a couple times. Let's just say there's a manuscript in the work. It's probably um, a manuscript
0: I'm, in the work, I would imagine. I'm just
1: waiting for some people to uh, get you know their they, notes on it so I can he, fix it up a little bit. You know bit. what they
0: say, third time lucky, New York Times bestseller.
1: Okay. You know what? As long as it's a New York Times bestseller and it brings other
0: people to the kingdom. Absolutely. There, there it 100%. Is. No, that's so Your saintly sayings. I have a saintly saying from St. Vincent de Paul. Sometimes I give saintly sayings and I can't remember if I gave a saintly saying before because I'm getting a little bit longer. Mine's like tooth. a
1: steel trap you have there, my friend. <laughs>
0: Charity is certainly greater than any rule. Moreover, all rules must lead to charity. Charity is certainly greater than any rule. Moreover, all rules must lead to charity. And I think that's what we're all about here, too. Charity. Charity with other people. Charity with our friends and our family. And I think sometimes we forget about that. I know I get a little bit angry, certainly a little bit temperamental during Lent when I've given up certain things, Robert. And I think it's important to remember that, once again from St. Vincent de Paul, charity is certainly greater than any rule. Moreover, all rules must lead to charity. And I think if you look at all rules within the monastic traditions and stuff, it's all meant to be charitable in the end, correct? Correct, correct. And
1: I think it goes beyond monastic rules, because as you were saying it, that's why I was staying quiet. I was mulling this over in my mind. Right. And two things come to mind. Mm -hmm. So, firstly, like you you mentioned, monastic rules. I think this goes beyond monastic rules, but it goes to, as far as, and I hate to say it, the rules of our faith, Mm -hmm. or, you know, if you want to say the outward appearances or the rituals of our faith. Right. 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 And thinking of that and coming to the, the root of the word charity, caritas, love, mm. right? So love is greater than than any rule, and all rules need to, to re- lead to, to love, right? Love is greater than any ritual that we could do in the church, but all of the ritual in our church should be pointing us towards love. And so the, as you were saying, that's kind of where... I was confirmed. Now, when we think of St. Vincent de Palme, we think of charity. Mm-hmm. We do think of mm-hmm. giving to the poor, and rightfully so.
0: Almsgiving, yeah, especially and, in Lent, yep. And that is a great form of love, the almsgiving. giving, yes. Right? Yeah, that's um, important, because, I mean, rules are important in the church, absolutely. And prayer is essential in the church, but really charity is an essential component of our faith as well. Barrett. And I think a lot of people, prayerful people, pious people... They're some of the most charitable people as well. Oh, for sure. And again, yeah, yeah.
1: because it just stems from their faith. Right? And again, exactly. it comes with that, that notion of it's, faith without works is dead.
0: Right. And it's, the, yeah, The absolutely.
1: two have to go together. The it's two like go rowing together. a boat. If you're just rowing with mm-hmm. one oar, you're going in circles. Mm-hmm. A bird has two wings. If a bird didn't have two wings, whew, done. Right? Yep. And so, again, if you you know just wanted to read that quote again. Yeah.
0: For sure. Charity is certainly greater than any rule moreover all rules must lead to charity
1: yeah and again i think just keeping in mind listening to that when we remember that root word of charity is love mm-hmm. love is greater than any rule love is greater than any ritual mm-hmm. love is greater than anything we can do in the church but everything we do in the church needs to lead back to love
0: 100 percent. Right? and if in, we think of the greatest charitable organization in the world is the holy, holy mother, mother church. church yep 100 percent.
1: absolutely beautiful i love hey. that
0: Anyhow, we get to the point of the episode. Will I stump Robert? What in the church is that? Don't you have a drum roll or something? I thought you were going to... I tried that last
1: crashes. time and it didn't come through. Let me just try on the microphone here. We'll see yeah. if we can get it. A drum roll.
0: No, it didn't come through.
1: Wow, These microphones are sensitive to some things. Are you things not getting other that? No, getting absolutely that. nothing. You just oh, dropped your mm-hmm. microphone and I didn't even hear the, the crash. <laughs> We're gonna to have to find some sound
0: effects somewhere then. For that. I don't know if this is I. I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna stump you, but here we go. I think is I it something know, triduum based? No, it's not. It's something. It could be used in triduum, I guess. But I, no, I. I don't. We'll see. What in the world? And excuse my pronunciation. Is a pacifical a popsicle? Sorry, go again. It's a pacifical? P-A-C-I-F-I-C-A-L. A -A -A A pacifical. You you know what it is. You've seen it in the church. It might have been even brought to your house at one time with the priest. Pacifical. Pacifical. Like the Pacific Ocean with an A-L.
1: I, I Can you use name. it in a sentence? I know you said it, came, it may possibly <laughs> no, came to the house. What is this?
0: The, the script's spelling be again? Yes, sir. Um, father brought his Pacifical during COVID as he blessed the houses from outside. I'm going with that. I don't know.
1: Okay. That, you know what? That helps immensely. Excellent. Okay. But I'm Re- just trying to figure out... What, it, my guess at yes, this yep. point is it's something that you use to hold holy
0: water. Right? No. No. In fact.
1: You, you were talking about blessing the house.
0: Yes. Okay, so here we go. Is, is, the it, is,
1: is, is it the Book of Rites then no. that he uses?
0: I think this is only the second time maybe I've stumped you or the first. Pacifica is a cross on a low stand that in certain occasions, example, a blessing at a house is carried by the priest or bishop in his hand and blesses the believers.
1: I've had three houses blessed, and each time there was no pacifical.
0: <laughs> Did you get this out of the Anglican <laughs> right
1: tennis or what? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I'm just they I, I I can see it now, and I know what you... And that would be what's sitting, say, on the altar at church. Right. should be facing the priest for him to remember that the sacrifice of the cross is what's happening during the Eucharistic prayer. We're going to
0: get all my listeners, all our listeners writing in and stuff. Once again, let's read it again. Is a cross on a low stand that, in certain occasions, example, blessing at a house, is carried by the priest or bishop in his hand and blesses the believers.
1: I was going to say, outside of the altar at church, the only time I would have seen a pacifical, especially in right. a private home, have you seen would, be, it? would be in a movie like The Exorcist, where they're <laughs> using it to perform an exorcism.
0: Yes, right? yes, absolutely. Oh, it makes uh, me want to watch that movie again. But
1: So when you were talking about blessing the house, when we've had the house mm-hmm. blessed on three occasions. I
0: know. I remember
1: that. There was like the little squirt bottle of holy water. That's
0: what I remember when uh, Father blessed our house over 20 years ago. He came up with, yeah, this, as, and I forgot. Yeah. And it was one of the words that you got right. The, the, asper, asper, the aspergillum. Asperg, aspergium, or, yeah.
1: Aspergill, aspergillum we're or aspergillum. still we're yeah.
0: Good, I finally stumped Robert. Yes, I'm going to celebrate with another beer, but I can't because I just had a beer that's ten percent. So yeah, I, that's two episodes here. in a
1: row that you've gotten me there, sir. No, I think you got that last one, or I did two no, last no, time. No, you you, you did two last that. time, right? One I missed.
0: Yep, and the other one that I, the other one I got. So yes, so then, good. Hopefully, hope I, can, I can. I'm I'm running out because you know most of them. So I don't know if I can do this another week in a row. We'll we'll see. In, Late April or early May, if I can do that. My, well, listen, ego's bet... t-
1: my ego's taken a beating on these.
0: No, Robert, your your knowledge of the faith is huge, so don't worry about that. I finally got one. Finally, yeah, I guess because it's a it, pacifical. It's not really it doesn't seem that religious of a term, anyhow, does it? Kind
1: of, but no. And, and I'm just going to throw in there as I've used one of the terms that you've used with a priest, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say in what context. or so, yeah. yeah, and you've And the priest kind of looked at me like I had two heads. So
0: there um, we go. We're stumping the priest, the Holy Fathers. Well, Listen, I have a shout out, quick shout out to my brother who I mentioned earlier on in the show, Pat, who's said because of our 50th episode, he was very excited about that. And he's going to send us some more hats. So thanks to Pat and, the company that he works for, which will remain nameless at this time. But yeah, that's great that he's going to give us some more ads because we'd like to give them to guests. Robert, you like to do these contests are great. And certainly for listeners, if, you know, we, when we do give them the guests and they take a photo of them on and maybe we'll see them on a golf course this summer, who knows? But yeah. Yeah, no, so, thank you very much, Pat. And it's good
1: because yeah. uh, we're starting to run low. So yeah, time, I'm timing
0: one or two, that's for sure. And you got a shout out for us, Robert.
1: I have a shout out as well. Uh not to your brother for the hats, but yeah. I have a shout out to the associate pastor of the parish where our school is, so to Father Ravi, uh yeah. to our new chaplain Eduardo at school. Eduardo. And a shout out to our chaplaincy team at school who's led by Mrs. Flynn and, and Miss Tucker. Right, and Ms. Yeah, Tucker. Ms. Tucker. So yeah. uh thank you to them for organizing this past week after school. Adoration, Adoration in the chapel. Mm-hmm. So Father Ravi brought from the parish a, a monstrance and a larger host. Mm-hmm. W- there
0: were a number of students there. I w- want to say there were more students than staff. There were more the students than staff. And when you do Friday morning prayer, there are always more staff than students. And I was when you said that there was more students, I I realized in the end as we were walking out that there were more students. Than, so shout
1: out uh, to those students. Know that. Uh, you were noticed, not just by us, the teachers, more importantly, you were noticed by the Lord. Beautiful. That, that yeah. you were there. I mean, Father Ravi for leading adoration, for leading prayer. Yeah, it was beautiful. The,
0: the music by Eduardo was beautiful.
1: Yeah, and just being there with our Lord was, was amazing. Uh, I think adoration lasted about half an hour.
0: Half an hour, 35 minutes, yeah. And, yeah, and it, if it had
1: gone 36 minutes, you weren't going to make it.
0: Well, we'll get to that in a second. Um but him, but Eduardo, the guitar and the beautiful chants, well on his knees. I mean, that was very impressive. But, Robert, you know, I'm getting old. You know, I'm not as young as you. Oh, I, was I don't see, mind you're kneeling. You're older faster than I am. And I don't mind kneeling. And I will have to say, I knelt the whole time and it was beautiful, but I did have to kind of lean a little bit on the chair in front of you. You, on the other hand, a young man is sprightly, much, much younger than me. Did not lean on that chair. I mean, I I couldn't just because of the concrete floor and the little carpet. And, I mean, how do you do that? I guess you're used to it, or
1: what? A, a little, a little bit of a this practice. I know if you go way yeah. back into our first season, we had a conversation once about kneelers or no kneelers, mm-hmm. and for a very personal reason, as a form of uh, of penance, a sacrifice for a personal reason, I will not use a kneeler at church, at mass, um, you know, in hopes of turning a particular heart. It's just a, like I say, it's just a penance that that I do personally. So I'm used to kneeling on the floor like that. I got to tell you, half an hour, no, it it was long. My back was starting to hurt too. But not not to complain because I can say, you know, my back was starting to hurt, but how sore was our Lord's back from? Yeah,
0: good point. And the flogging, but without a kneeler, I'm swaying back and forth. This is my, without. We'll get you ball. volleyball
1: knee pads for the next time, buddy.
0: And without a, a pew in front or a chair in front, I don't know if I would have made that. But so I, that's great because uh, upon your retirement, you're going to buy kneelers for that chapel, correct? So I can then have kneelers when we have adoration. You know, I think that's a
1: great fundraising opportunity for you. You can have a bunch of foam pads, and you can rent them out for five dollars a pop, and uh, you know you can make some some great fundraising efforts for the Saint Vincent de Paul
0: Society, or, or maybe in your next position, there's a teaser, listeners, for our next podcast between myself and Robert. Then you'll be able to donate kneelers to the local high school. But anyhow, yeah. Robert, I think that's all the time we have. That's more than all the time
1: we have. You wanted to go in like a, a shortened episode, and you rambled more than I did.
0: <laughs> That's what happened when you have a 10% pint in front of you, Robert. You tend to
1: go I, on a little I bit. figured you were going to be asleep five minutes in after Listen, that
0: beer. I kissed the Blarney Stone twice. That doesn't help, right? Because it gives you the gift of the gap
1: i don't think you needed to kiss it to get the gift well, of the gap i don't but think i need to kiss it thing. once you're right
0: but always but, good um, always yeah. good but how was your your triple it was delicious i'd love to have another but i don't have another so i think i'll just go walk the dog
1: there there you go there you go so dennis as always the time seems to have flown by my hourglass as well from the the clear <laughs> lake
0: brewing company session ale, my hourglass is now empty Always a pleasure, Robert, both the pint and the conversation, and mine too is empty. Yeah, so especially the pint? Yes, but it's always a pleasure to talk about our Catholic faith, especially the
1: Triduum this week. Yeah, very true, very true. Now just before we wrap up here, Dennis,
0: perhaps there's just one small favor we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints Infused podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. While you're at it, give us a like on Facebook. Drop a comment
1: with your favorite episode on the great Pints and Pews ball cap giveaway on Facebook. Drop us a line there or at pintsandpews at gmail.com because we always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Chat again soon, my friend. God willing. And until then, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise
0: words of G.K. Chesterton. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. Take care, Robert.